Dan Khadiabe uh, joins me now, Deputy Chairperson of Operation Tudula, and uh, we're talking to uh, uh, Pungane about uh, the latest uh, from the action out at uh, Kalafong Provincial Tertiary Hospital earlier on today, out in Atridgeville uh, in Tswane. Uh, Pratan, good evening, welcome. Good evening, Bob. How are you? I'm um, Are you well, Bob? I'm okay, I'm okay, Bob. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you you had an operation today out uh, in Kalafong. Uh, maybe tell us a bit more about that. Uh, what was the object uh, or objective of the operation and what did you get up to? Yes, uh, what we are up to is that uh, uh, the laws of the country have got section 17 when it comes to the, uh, what you call, admission of uh, non-South Africans who are supposed to have medical visas and they pay for the services that they are receiving because those services are meant for South Africans. And uh, you, 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 you will be aware that the, the CEO as an officer of the state has got an obligation that when he happens to admit someone who is in the country legal, illegally so, when they discharge those people, they must send them over to the police or the immigration, and they don't do that. And uh, the residents of uh, Atrisville and uh, Saltsville, they had enough. They wanted to take the action upon themselves that they cannot compete for beds that are meant for South Africans in hospital with people who are in the country illegally. So with people who are crossing the country with a specific intention of giving back in South Africa, who are coming for medical attention, not you know, obtaining medical visas as such. So, so maybe t- tell me a bit more, and I and I think I, I certainly get the point that you're making that there is a certain framework within, the, you know, the law that suggests that when somebody who is not from here comes and seeks medical services, there needs to be a process followed unless somebody has a medical visa. H- how were you able to determine? Um, uh, because we do understand also the allegations that you were turning people back who were suspected of being foreigners. How were you able to determine that they were foreigners? No, no, no. Nobody was turned back by Duduna. People knowing themselves that they are in the country illegally, they were merely intimidated by seeing Duduna regalia. And they turned back by themselves. The you didn't, you didn't turn anybody back yourself? You didn't turn anybody back. Okay, so then what were you doing there? Were you just going to inform the, the, the medical <coughs> officials who worked there, the receptionists, the, the you know, nurses, the clinicians, and the doctors about what they should be doing? <laughs> Picketing, sending, picketing and protesting, sending the message across that the management of hospital must, uh, in fact, you know, you know, affect the laws mm. and the policies of the same hospital. One, it is written on their notice board. You must produce a co- an ID. You must produce a proof of residence. You must produce one, two, three, four. Mm. Right? Mm. And these are the same policies, their policies, they are not enforcing them. Sure, so it sure. is the question picketing that you people enforce your own policies. But instead what they did, they went and got a, a court interdict against our members for picketing. Who got that a court interdict against your members? The democratic right picket and send the message and say to the same uh, hospital management, enforce your own policies. Yimapungano, who, who got an interdict against you? Uh, the uh, uh, hospital management, the CEO. Okay. W- what were they saying? I mean, let's leave aside the interdict. Uh, did you have a chance to speak to them? We did uh, speak to them. They mm. were saying that they are interdicting our members. Uh, they shouldn't uh, 
this allow people access to hospital and this and that, right? Which and that interview, nothing say talks about picketing, nothing talks about protesting. Mm. And so in the tomorrow, I think tomorrow or day after tomorrow, we are opening a case against the CEO mm. for not enforcing his policies. Yeah. Now, now, Pungani, I don't know much about uh, the law, even around medical visas and so on. But uh, here's a scenario, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If uh, my partner, say she is from Mozambique, ne? she gets to Kalafong, heavily pregnant, in labor, water has broken. Um, is there, you know, is there, I guess, a law that says she must not be attended to there? No, 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 no. Life comes first. Okay. All right. But sure, sure. Mm. So after that, they just discharge these people and let them go without making them pay, being illegally okay. in the country. They don't even call the police to come and get them or the immigration. Sure. You just discharge them onto the street. Remember, if you are a CEO of the hospital, you are the government official, you are the officer who's expected to enforce the laws of the country. Now, now you've been protesting there since August 4. Ne? Yes. Which is what and now? A few weeks now. Probably like three weeks. weeks now, two, three weeks fact, now. We are rolling the protest throughout the country. I think of more than 10 hospitals tomorrow. There will be protests and tickets in all the hospitals. Uh, but it will intensify. It will be rolled out throughout the country. We are not going to slow down on this one. Okay. Pungan, hold the line there for me for a second. We're going to take a quick spot break. Uh, we're going to come back and continue our discussion after this. Thank you. Uh, one um, I think what I'm diametrically opposed to in this in this particular situation, mm. it's sort of the misguided assumption that we have as South Africans is that if we remove all of the foreign nationals who are um, being serviced by our public health care system, mm. that it would some it would somehow significantly increase the capacity and the resources within sure, our health sure, system. Sure. I think that's entirely false. Um, as it is, if you look at just our population, the health system is under-resourced. Um, it's not capacitated enough to, to, to... So I think that the issue is more about fixing the, the health system itself mm. and um, capacitating it a bit more. Sure. One deal. Dan Khatebe is the deputy chairperson of Operation Tutula. is my guest for our headline segment. But Dan, you would have heard what Wandile is saying there. And I think it's, it's also a point I was trying to make last week. That if you compare, for instance, the national level resourcing of the public health care system which services in my understanding, 82% of the population, leave aside those who are foreign nationals who use it from time to time, um, it has the same resources as the private medical system, which is administered by the Board of Healthcare Funders, uh, which services only 18% of the population. And I think Wandela's argument is that even if we were to eject all foreign nationals in the country, it would not mean that that um, resource set that services the 82% will grow in any significant manner. What is your view on that? Uh, I partly agree with him, right? Uh, but uh, he mustn't uh, make a mistake. All what we are saying, we are not saying foreigners must go. We are saying our laws must be adhered to. Mm. The policies must be implemented. 
And I, I, I agree with him on the sense that the cake is not enough for South Africans alone. So now, how can we be expected to share the same cake with the same people who are in the country illegally, so who are not accounted for? We hear the argument to a lady, I can send you that on the side, where he says, for an example, out of 100 children who were born into a little hospital in a particular day when they paid a visit there, 70 of those children were of illegal immigrants. And it's not budgeted for. That is the problem. So the country is choking in all aspects. The resources that we've got in the country are not enough for South Africans. And that we are still expected to share and fight for space with people who are in the country illegally and not accounted for and not budgeted for. Mm. That is our argument. Okay. We are saying that our laws must be respected. That's sure. all. We also hear that uh, around the Hillbrow Clinic, there was also a bit of an incident with Engine Garage. Also, uh, talk to us about some of those actions. What happened there? What is happening there, the community uh, members of the Dula, who are community members of uh, what you call uh, Brickstein, they had uh, expressed their frustration with the employment of non-South Africans on a skill that is not categorized as a scale skill. And then that is in garage and the steers. I think there is a garage there, the steers, there's a KFC or whatever, owned by the same person. All 100% of his employees are non-South Africans. And the job that they are doing is not categorized under scarce skills. And yet, South Africans who reside in Brisbane are unemployed. Mm. So our people went there to express their frustration about the conduct of the owner. And uh, he sort of gave them a little finger. So that is why they took it that, you know what, this is within our community. We've got a right to be employed as South Africans. Uh, it all boils down to the question of the laws of the country being disrespected by these people and overlooked even by employers for the sake of maximizing their profit. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, talk to us about what, what happened there. I mean, what was the reception from the employers? Because I think the concern I have, Praten, um, mm-hmm. even in the healthcare space, uh, mm-hmm. that the focus and the target of your wrath and even your campaign are the mm-hmm. poor people, as you said, you have a respect for life, are the poor people who are in need of the services during that moment and not necessarily the political power brokers, even in their home countries, who have given rise mm-hmm. to the situation, one. But also when it comes mm-hmm. to engine, it seems the attack is on the, you know, uh, petrol attendants themselves, Abazo Pandisonga, rather than the employers who opportunistically employ them because they know they can super exploit them. Why are we not dedicating the attention to that? Uh, it was not, you know, we are not in the business of uh, attacking people because obviously we don't promote any form of violence okay. because we don't want to create a situation that will distract uh, the economic activity of the country. But now if that employer we don't disrupt his business of the day to make money. He will never listen to us. So the entire purpose that was happening there, it was to make sure that his business is being disturbed so that he can listen and understand the plight of the people of Christo. Let me come back to my question again, Prater. Okay, maybe I need some... Yes, yes. The point I'm trying to make, and there are two examples, right? Mm -hmm. The first one, let's, let's use Hillbrook Clinic just for a second. Yeah. You are taking issue with foreign mm-hmm. nationals who are coming in using the services, and you're saying it's fine to use the services, life or death, but that they must pay, ne? all good mm-hmm. and well. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then similarly, you go into Engine Karaj and saying there's an issue of an employer who is employing foreign nationals when it's not a critical skill. Correct. Right? Now, I'm saying the focus of your attention, even at uh, Kalafong out in Attridgeville, inadvertently is focused on the poor working class people who are immigrants who have come looking for a service rather than the people who have real power in Malawi, Zimbabwe and all of the countries where they come from. And similarly at Engine, the person who's the real power broker there is the person who makes the decision to employ. Umkeish, is the attention of your campaigns also being focused not just on the administration of the hospital in the other case, but on the mm-hmm. governments where many of these people come from? And similarly at Engine, not just on the petrol attendance, but actually on the employer who is making the decision at the end of the day to super exploit certain people because they are desperate, they don't have papers in some cases, and they are willing to accept any wage. Okay. No, I understand you clearly. Mm. The thing is, in South Africa, we've got the kind of administration that when you engage with, you never listen until people act on the ground. But when it comes to the question of hospitals and whatever, that is why we are opening a case against the CEO. Obviously, it is action on the ground, also talks to the paperwork that we are pushing through the courts. We are taking the government to courts mm. about these issues. Number two, the issue of engine garage, it will escalate to labor department. How did that happen in their existence? What are they doing? What is their job? Where are the inspectors? So that is why we said, no, for them to listen, mm. it is better that let's disrupt the business of the day and get the national attention as it has got now. That sure. is why we are talking about it. Had yeah, we not done yeah. that, we will be discussing that now. It will be getting the kind of attention that is sure, receiving sure. at the moment. But we are, yeah. we are being governed by the kind of administration that only listens when there's action. When most South Africans, they talk through actions and then that's mm-hmm. when they listen. Yeah. In about the operation, Duduna had a march on the 9th of August going to Pretoria. Surprisingly enough, before this interview, or I just heard on the news on your radio station, the president is saying he doesn't have a problem to deploy the army to assist with the question of illegal mining. The Mbogotos or the women of South Africa had to march to Pretoria for him to make that kind of a decision. How many years people have been crying about the scourge of the Zamazamas, raping people, killing people, mm. raping the economy, this and that. So the women of the Dula and South Africans, the blacks, had to march to Pretoria for him to pronounce the statement that he issued today in Parliament. Yeah. So mm. this is the kind of administration that we have. People, they have got to act. And then they can persuade the government. But we know it's all about electioneering. Uh, we are close to 2024. They will listen to people and pretend to be acting. That is why we say we are going to intensify every action that mm. we have embarked until South Africans enjoy the benefits of yeah. the struggle that they fought for. You know, Pratan, I must, I must tell you, ne? Mm-hmm. I, I might be ideologically at odds with uh, some of what is happening in Tutula. But I respect what you've just said now. And I'll tell you why I, why, why I respect that. Because what you are saying is that it's not enough to just have a law if your capacity and capability to enforce it uh, requires reinforcement from civil society organizations like the feminist movement and even yourselves in Tutula. So I definitely respect that. And even on the critical skills work list story, and the enforcement mm-hmm. capacity of the Department of Employment and Labor insofar as that is concerned. But mm-hmm. I come back to the earlier point that I'm making 
in the case of employment of foreign nationals, the transgressor is not only government for not enforcing the laws as they stand, but it's also the person who is transgressing the law. And it seems to me the focus is on the foreign national employee and the government. And sometimes the employers, in some cases, get away scot-free. So so I want to come back to that as well. What is your view on that as Dudula? Are you engaging the employers sometimes to say, why are you employing these people contrary to what the critical skills work list says? Why are you doing this contrary to whatever piece of legislation there might be? Uh, on that one, as I, I tried to explain it later, I was not clear enough. Uh, employers like the engine garage that we are thinking of, uh, what you call uh, uh, in Brixton, we are opening a charge against him for contravening the laws of the country. Okay. We will be taking him to court. But our, our court processes, obviously, will have to be to, to, to go hand in hand with the actions of the ground. So our people expressing their frustration on the ground. But at the same time, we are going to go to court and get the owner of the engine garage charged for contravening the laws of the country. And then we are going to lay a complaint against the Department of Labor for not enforcing the laws of the country. Uh, you've got your, 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 I'm sorry to say this, but you've got your company, uh, so-called the famous brand, which is notorious mm. uh, when it comes to foreign employment uh, in the what you call the hospitality industry. We are taking that head-on to court because what we are avoiding here, we don't want incidences where businesses are being closed uh, for a day or two uh, in withdrawal process and whatsoever. We are trying so hard to, to not to no, no, not to disrupt the economic activity because we cannot disrupt the same mm. economy economy that we are fighting to reclaim back into the land of South Africa. Sure. We want South Africa to, to thrive. We are fighting to take South Africa back to its former glory. That's what we are fighting for. So that is why we are taking some of our fights through the courts. But then, let's do this. Hold, hold the line there for me for a second. I think the point is well made, and I think you've responded to the question that I had there. Uh, let me start with the tweets, and we'll come to some of the WhatsApps uh, coming through as well. Uh, Keza on uh, Twitter says, Operation Tudula might be wrong in some, way, in some of the ways they do things, but what they are fundamentally fighting for is clear, right, and is good for the well-being of the country. Some of the messages also coming through on uh, our Facebook platform there. And uh, let me read through uh, one of the questions that's come through there from Robert McQuinja saying, we have a leadership crisis in SADC. Our leaders, as in government, tell us to intervene when our neighbor is abusing their partner. But why can't SADC member states intervene in SADC countries when people are being abused? Example, he makes the example there of Zimbabwe. Let's take a listen to some of the voice notes as well. Sure, tools. As this topic is very sensitive when I am mm. uh, uh, of the foreign nationals, my my question is: the government is saying that we as South Africans must live with these foreign nationals, and and within our borders we must have laws which they themselves are failing dismally to to uphold you are forcing south africans it's like somebody opening up your house and making you live with people abandoning and when you talk you are xenophobic these people who are not documented must just go 
I I wonder. I think this is a behind this whole to do thing. There is a third force because if you still uh, a third force that is funding the Tudula to make sure that they pave way for for all the. Uh, big shops that were making a lot of profit because they're losing business now in the townships because of those guys and those guys are very good at running businesses eh? and now like most of this uh, this tutula thing uh i don't know i don't understand like how south africans think i mean we're all black even if you look at the um, at the they were at, at working places we are all regarded as african we are not regarded as Tosa, sutu we are all called uh africans so i don't understand this whole fuss about where going and beating people asking them of that so i believe in one thing that is african unity that is the only way we can heal ourselves mm. from the past and all of that because the real foreigners here in africa is white people who are looting our resources resources on a daily basis and they're making a fortune out of it while we're busy fighting because the only thing that they can do is to sell us guns so that we can continue fighting while they're busy looting our resources yeah, uh, Pratyan, what do you make of uh, what do you make of uh, those two views? I think there was the first one making some examples. Also, uh, my brother Robert Marquinja saying the government says we must intervene when my neighbour is fighting with his partner, but then they don't intervene when people are being abused uh, in Sadak member states. And then the last comment saying, as a Pan-Africanist, his view is that actually there's a third force involved here, and uh, that we actually are not targeting. Uh, the true foreigners, uh, and I think it was a point made by earlier on by my colleague Andile, who, uh, you know, when, so far as uh, the class and race dimensions of what we're talking about, rich, white people in many cases never receive the same kind of attention. Uh, we see them as investors, we see them as tourists, we see them as, you know, bona fide citizens of this country that uh, everybody's saying we so valiantly fought for. Your views? Uh, on the first one, my answer is that uh, in the process of sol uh, solving SADC issues, South Africans cannot feel or suffer on that process, feel the brand of SADC complications or uh, whatever uh, problems occur in SADC countries. And in the process of helping them to, to reestablish their economies, we cannot. I mean, it's been 28 years. South Africans feeling the brand is sacrificing for the same people. We are saying people must be in the country legally. If one is a scarce kid, he's got a working permit, that is legit. We are going to coexist and work hand in hand and live with them. We are seeing our laws must be respected. That's all. You go to their countries, their laws are being upheld. Uh, Dubai, we saw it on the news. They deported 100 and about 180,000 Nigerians. Nobody cried xenophobia. When we are saying South Africa must enforce its own laws, people are crying xenophobia. Okay, we're not going to entertain that people. There is a democratic right to that. I was personally part of fighting for this democratic right. One can say anything, whether it, it makes sense or not, but it's a democratic right that I fought for. I participated in that struggle. On the second one, what we, I've, I've said this so many times, and I don't understand why. You've got this nation, the Zimbabweans, they are the first to jump and say they are talking about us. We are not talking about them. We are talking about illegal people, who are, people about people who are in the country illegally, regardless of race, regardless of color. And all what we are saying, people must respect our laws, 
uh, our government officials must enforce the laws. Uh, the, the, the government must capacitate the law enforcement officers so that they can affect the laws effectively. That's all what we are saying. Okay. Then, uh, I think your point is uh, well made. So we're going to have to leave it here for tonight. Maybe just uh, let me sneak in a last question there. Briefly respond if you can. Uh, you're saying that you are now an additional layer of enforcement for s- some of these laws. Um, I mean, are, are you positioning yourself maybe to start to get some of the budgets here? Because if you're doing the enforcement work that the inspectorate should be doing at the Department of Labor, even at Home Affairs, I mean, I guess it's only fair. Uh, if they were doing what is expected of them, they only be having Operation Tutula as we speak. Thank Operation Tutula, it is as a result of their failure. Now, if South Africans are expressing their, their frustration, and they remember, we've got a law that allows the citizens arrest. If you've got that piece of law that allows that, that means community members can assist and help the law enforcement agencies. Okay. But we are feeding that by all means. Sure. So but then, if it's for that piece of law that allows you to do that, and then it means in all aspects mm. you can assist and help the law enforcement agencies to save the country. But then, because you see the country is under siege. Yeah. Let's leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us.